What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 28th draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside my BFCA buddy, Eric Marche. I'm putting on my gauntlet. We're about to uh, spoil Avengers Endgame. Well, hopefully not spoil it, but we're going to talk about it with our Infinity Gauntlet off, kid gloves off. We are going to... talk about everything that happens in the movie so um yes as eric mentioned this won't be your regular kind of episode of the untitled movie podcast Uh, we are uh scrapping we are snapping our fingers and dusting everything else that we do in this podcast and we are going to be going deep into avengers endgame we are going to talk about everything that happens uh where we think the mcu is going in the future um all the plot elements all the surprises everything so please if you have not not seen Avengers Endgame. We will give you the time to uh, stop this now. Um, please go see it before you listen to this. Uh, we tried to uh, give everyone the weekend to go see it. So yeah. uh, I hope at this point you had a chance to see it. If not, no worries. We'll be here. Uh, we even weird. have a spoiler-free review. We do. Thank you, Eric. Yes, we just recorded our uh, spoiler-free review as well. So if you haven't seen the movie yet and you want to get our thoughts uh, without us it was hard to talk about that's for sure yeah um but over on the untitled movie reviews eric and i did a uh full 35 minute review of avengers endgame uh where we tried uh well we succeeded in not spoiling anything as we talked about the movie we were very vague uh it was very high level we had to kind of keep going yeah maybe we won't we'll just say hey i liked it or i didn't like it but we uh we had 35 minutes to say uh, whether we liked it or not. Um, off the top, I think we both really enjoyed the movie. As a Marvel fanboy, uh, it was everything that I ever wanted. Eric being uh, more on the, uh, you enjoy the MCU, but you're not a diehard like I am. Yeah. Um, but you enjoyed it as well. So, um, yeah, please, I'm, I'm ramping, vamping a little bit, so I give you time to kind of a step away but uh if you guys didn't know this is the untitled movie podcast each and every week eric and i get together and chat about uh movies and and what's been going on in our lives and what's going on in hollywood um if you guys like this like i mentioned we have another podcast called the untitled movie uh reviews where we review movies like avengers endgame and teen spirit and other things that are out right now um it's been a little slow lately leading up to this but i think everything... and it'll be a, a little bit slow until uh, detective pikachu in because it weeks. seems like Everything is trying, like other studios are trying to avoid having anything of uh, budgeted value, meaning, you know, big studio movies compete against this film because it is a juggernaut. Oh, it is, and it will be making money for quite a while. I'm curious the whole summer. Like, I'm curious to see how Detective Pikachu will stack up against it. But um, I'm sure Pikachu will still do really, really well. But um, oh, baby! All right. So, final warning to everyone: this is not your regular episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast. We are only going to be talking about Avengers Endgame. It's not a review. And the MCU in general. Yeah, more so of a discussion of the film, uh, of what happened and where we see it uh, going in the future. And uh, so please, uh, I am going to give you uh, five more seconds and then we are going to talk about Avengers. And that's what this entire episode is going to be uh, about. So uh, five, four, three, two. We are in spoiler mode, baby. Eric, I don't know where you want to start. Like, if do we want to go right to the craziest shit that happens in the last act? Uh, I don't even know how to start this whole thing. I, I, I know where to start. Okay. Han Solo dies. <laughs> I mean, the MCU's Han Solo dies. Uh, man, Tony Stark. I mean, I'll start there, man. He didn't like, make it. 
No, I, I think that was one of the craziest. Oh, I'm so glad we get to talk about this in full spoilers now because right. like, it was so hard before. And even on the streetcar uh, home from the movie, um, we were trying to be cautious because we didn't want anyone eavesdropping. And, 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 uh, and yeah, because there was anything. even a kid wearing like a, uh, a Marvel oh, coat. Was he? Yeah. yeah, okay. I mean, he was really little. Yeah, so. but still. Um, man, Tony Stark, out of all of. It got dark I, for Stark. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. I think. Ah, man, like incredibly emotional, and I think it was the right call if you were going to kill off any of the uh, the main Avengers. I mean, I guess well, you they get do Black it again w- with another character in a different way. Though. Yeah, and we'll so, talk about that more. Well, in a we can second. talk about all of it, man. So basically, the I think the biggest question going into this was who is going to die? Right. What were um, the Vegas how, odds? How you bring back the old. Uh, the, the old guard, not the old guard, everyone who got dusted in the last movie, the old guard were the stars of this The original movie. lineup of the first Avengers film. Were the stars of this movie, and I think everyone going in, I mean, even in Infinity War, we were like, oh, Cap or Tony has to probably get it, right? Like, right. we want the biggest emotional And they kind payoff. of both do, but they in both a very do. different different so, ways. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts on that, like, I thought the, the Tony thing was perfect, and it, you could see them leading up to it, everything that Doctor Strange talked to him in the last movie and everything leading into this, uh, having Tony having to survive um, uh, Infinity War to lead to the moment in this where uh, uh, Iron Man and Tony Stark puts on the Infinity Gauntlet, and he's, he, he does it. He snaps. Yeah. Well, we and, should also um, say that the reason, like him putting on the Infinity Gauntlet um, is, is another thing because um, not many people human specifically yeah. can hold wield that power because of the radiation the gamma radiation that's coming just off the of pure that energy thing. in it right? i mean even mark ruffalo's hulk has, has a hard to do the initial snap horribly scarred so he does the initial snap which brings everyone back yeah. and then tony in the fight with thanos um has to do it to kill thanos in his, his army, army yeah. right and i think that was and even seeing the tony build the gauntlet out of the iron man suit and 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 stuff is was so perfect and i think it all started with him so it kind of had to end with him right and i think that's that's just it was a a, a beautiful and sad moment and um i knew it was coming uh but it still hit me and with everything at the afterwards of like i mean the moment with peter again and uh, it was just crushed me and uh, and he and then the moment with pepper and then the the funeral scene and him with the roadie as well and, and roadie and sending off proof the, that tony stark like, has, has a heart, heart on, on the on flower reef, yeah on, it was just heart-wrenching dude and like i i, I yeah we're starting with the craziest stuff but like that I was surprised. I'm like, I was, as I'm like almost crying in the theater, I'm like, man, this is dumb superhero movie. Why is it making me feel this way? But like, well, you've, you've invested to, so much time, t- 10 with the years into this, right? right? And I, and I said this in our spoiler free review and I'm like 10 years invested in this and you get payoffs for each character, whether you only watched a few movies or you've watched them all. And like Tony Stark with Iron Man in 2008, that like 2008, right? Yeah. yeah that movie that like, no one, I think, no one could have expected where this went when we well, were... Back uh, when it was owned by Paramount, um, yeah. you know, the studio didn't even want to take a chance on Robert Downey Jr. Because at the time, he was, he yeah. was sobering up from drug addiction and having done prison time. And, like, 
his buddy Mel Gibson was more uh, commercial, uh, commercially viable at than that point was. than he was. So, you know, the person that really gave him that opportunity that fought for him was John Favreau. Yeah. And, you know, if John Favreau didn't do that, you know, the, the timeline could have been very different. We could have been living in a world where Tom Cruise or Justin Timberlake had played Iron Man because they and were once remembered when New Misery, Line had right? the rights to yeah, it. Yeah, and who knows where it would have went then, but... Um, to have that moment of Tony essentially sacrificing himself to save everyone, I thought was just the story came full circle. And it's from that arrogant prick we met in the beginning of Iron Man to the moment where he and he has a fucking daughter now. Right. And like him and, and Pepper and like well, we should also uh, say so. So, so the part of the story jumps five years ahead. So yeah, let's start at the beginning yeah. and we'll go through anyways. And then with Captain America, I just want to briefly talk about two of that beautiful moment of him going back. And you kind of knew that it was coming too. of like uh, Cap has to return the Infinity Stones. We're all we're going to be jumping all over the place through time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I just wanted to briefly talk about that other because the big two were what's going to happen with Cap and 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 Iron Man and uh, Cap survives but he um, as you guys know if you're listening to this I fucking hope you've seen the movie um, Cap survives but then he has to return the Infinity Stones to the moment that they did this time heist earlier in the film uh, and he stays in the past to be with Peggy. Yeah. And, well, he uh, actually gets to now live his life. Right. Right. And yeah. uh, that decision, um, you know, like he probably when we see him again in that five seconds afterwards and we see him looking out at, at on the lake, um, he's probably he probably isn't as like his hundreds because the, 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 the soldier, the super serum is probably kept him younger exactly. for a lot longer. But we also realize that he is still quote unquote mortal to a mm-hmm. certain extent. His age is much slower. And he looks right? weirdly like Joe Biden yeah. uh, at, at, at moments there. And it's basically him uh, passing the torch or the shield in this case to um, Sam, yeah. uh, played by Anthony Mackie Falcon, and, and sort of passing it off to the next generation of uh, Captain America and representing you know them as 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 a country and and you know everything that's decent in the world so mm-hmm. and i would have liked it like that i'm even thinking about too of like did he use the pim particles to jump back knowing that they would be there at that moment or because like you said did he live like many lives and we have these one we're going to talk about more of the the time heist stuff um it's not their timeline that he jumps back to right like it would have split off or be because he drops the stone in the exact same oh that now it makes sense to me okay he put the stone back at the exact moment that they took it so it was like nothing really changed so the stones were still there and then everything played out the same way as it did now so it was a that time loop kind of thing but um it's so it's it's yeah and then seeing him i think that's a a wonderful payoff for that character too right like you don't you don't have to kill him off but you give him the happy the happy ending and uh I mean, he's still around, but he's hella old. But, right. <laughs> um, I'm the Falcon thing. I would. This is just me. Like, I've never liked that character that much. Yeah. Uh, I've always thought Falcon was kind of goofy, and I never really liked uh, that character. So seeing Captain America uh, pass the torch or the shield off to Falcon—that's just a personal preference of mine. That or, I would have Bucky standing. I would have liked him. Bucky because, like you, but I think Bucky's still probably working out some personal demons. So it's, sure, we it, still might get that, but like I, well, we're getting that show though, aren't we? So I'm assuming that was another thing that I think will now be called 
Captain America and the Winter Soldier, right? It won't be the Winter Soldier and Falcon or whatever it's called. Like that title will probably actually be called Captain America and the the Winter Soldier. Well, there's another title Uh, that might change as well or might have a different context from what we're thinking it's about, which is WandaVision. Yeah. Because... Vision is hella dead still yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I'm curious of where they'll they'll go there. So um, I mean, we're talking about all the where things left it, but like, let's go through the movie. So yeah, um, it opens uh, right after the events of Infinity War. Only um, a few days afterwards. Well, right? really during the ending of Infinity War because the movie opens on Hawkeye and his family right. and, and like a heart That's kind of like the prologue though of the movie, yeah. right? And, yeah. And we, we're... The that's thing the you one, see before the Marvel Studios The logo. one character that we were still unsure of his sort of like what he was up to. We, we had heard that he was under house arrest. We see the ankle bracelet. Um, we see him sort of teaching his daughter uh, archery and they're about to have hot dogs for lunch and then after the snap... <laughs> They're gone. Yeah. Now, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Do you think he still had a hot dog afterwards? That's dark, man. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> hey, you could you could be hungry. Well, you have to eat, so yeah. I, I don't Put know. Put some mayo on that bad um, boy. Who puts mayo on their hot dog? There are some people, I think, That's that weird. do. It is weird. But, so it opens on Hawkeye. His family gets dusted, which I think we expected. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, which it, it, that sets gives him, him off. Like, his arc to turn into a Ronin, basically. Which I think is awesome. Yeah, like, and, and have a, a, a sleeve of, of tattoos on his arm, and he's killing Mexican cartel and Japanese Yakuza members. He's basically um, just going around killing every bad person because he doesn't think that they deserve to live. Good people, good people just fucking vanished, but you guys survived, and that's not fair. So I'm going to fucking murder you all. Right. Um, So I think Hawkeye's arc is really cool, and we'll get back into that. But I think even the way that um, you see Tony in in um, uh. It's been 21 days since the events of Infinity War, and he and Nebula are um, stranded on... um, It's the Guardian ship, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I forget the name. Isn't it the Milano? I think so. uh, Named after Alyssa Milano. And then... um, yeah, you wanted to talk about a little bit. Uh, into yes, some... so this is where we're going. We were talking in, in reference on the spoiler-free uh, review of this movie. Some of the nitpicks in terms of uh, the motion capture and technology. Motion capture for um, the alien designs have been pretty stellar. With I mean, Thanos I think, I and even Thanos Hulk in the, the movie. Hulk, yeah. uh, specifically, the actor's performance comes through. It's not just you know, uh, a, a giant creature that's created in post. Doesn't and, look off-putting, like they fit. Yeah, right? and, it, and and the actor does breathe life into the character, the way, the same way that, you know, Andy Serkis has been doing with all the things that he has done with, with the characters like, and, like and, and Gollum yeah. and things like that. Um, but when it comes to humans, I still think, and this is going to be an interesting conversation to have with the Irishman when that comes out and seeing how, you know, if, if it's going to be similar technology. But I found... Um, Tony Stark, as we see him in this ship with Nebula, um, playing what are they playing? Football or yeah, they're or like paper football. Paper oh. football. Um, you can tell that um, you know he is he's much more gaunt and weakened, and uh, is just kind of hanging on by a thread. And to represent that, instead of you know waiting you know weeks and weeks and months and months for Downey to lose a ton of weight. 
Um, they just had him shrunk using motion capture, very similar to the way that, you know, like Chris Evans looked in uh, the first Captain America movie, not to the extent that he's a, a string bean, but you can tell that he is very thin and weak and tired. And there's From moments, 21 days of like not eating. Yeah, and there are moments where he is just simple movements. And I think some of the lighting also doesn't help where you can tell it is... CG where compared to the young Tony Stark that we see in that hologram video in Civil War um, with the kind of like the smooth looking Robert Downey Jr. I think that worked a little bit better in the context of that we knew that it was a projection right where this is a real person and you can kind of tell that you know when you see his biceps or his muscles deteriorating um, that it that it's not real now when he's wearing a coat or kind of hunched over in a chair, it works a little bit better because it's right. more performance and you're distracted. Well, luckily, there's not that. that much of it. No, but right. there is there is enough there. And there's also uh, quite a bit with Chris Hemsworth's <laughs> Thor, who it goes the, the opposite <laughs> way because of his guilt and, and feeling like he failed to kill Thanos at the time that he should have, has completely let himself go, hanging out in New Asgard with... Uh, Which I love. Yeah. Korg, oh, and Korg and Meek. Meek. I got him, buddy. Yeah, I got yeah. him. That's all Automatic I wanted. five star, right? Dude, I said it, and I gave it five stars. And so you can tell with but... him as well that it's motion capture because they're not going to let that body... No, come uh, on. Yeah. Um, so like, I can't wait to hear. Shout out to the kind of funny guys because in their uh, MCU and in review they have ranked those abs. Yeah, can't wait to see what they rank Chris Hemsworth in this. <laughs> oh, uh, but you can tell with him even as well. Like it's motion capture, but like he's I think more comfortable and having fun in the performance, and he is giving a comedic performance and using it. And there are moments where he's you know slouched or hanging out, and he does look like. The dude, and yeah. they even make a joke, or D- Downey Jr. makes a joke and calls him the Big Lebowski. Yeah, so, I missed that, but that's um, awesome. Yeah, so like scenes like that where it's kind of fun to see like how you know loss and grief takes a toll on these characters in different ways. I mean, you know, spoiler alert: Captain America just shaves his beard. That's how he <laughs> physically. Gets over it. Yeah, speaking. I know. Yeah, and I mean, um, and yeah, I think that because uh, we all knew at the end of infinity war when everyone gets dusted we knew all of those characters were going to come back like there was no way that those people would stay dead right right but well especially because we have another spider-man yeah and, and i up. mean and, and and even then like i to me that never bothered me because it's a, again about the journey and uh if it, it the emotional weight on the characters is enough to kind of make that feel important to me. Yeah. And I think that time jump of five years. So getting into all it, all that emotional weight went into, went the, to Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that the movie kind of goes, okay, Captain Marvel saves Nebula and Tony brings them right back to Avengers compound. Uh, Captain Marvel has a great moment um, with the Avengers team. And then she, they're just like, where are you going? And she's like, I'm going to kill Thanos. And they're like, Oh fuck. Can, can we come? <laughs> uh, so we got uh, a stake in this fight too. Right? And I think that's, that surprised me in the opening moments of the movie where I'm like, Oh, I, I know that there's probably time travel involved. And we all kind of right. assumed with the quantum realm that that was going to play a part into it and things we've read online. And again, that well, didn't Ant-Man really, and the wasp yeah, is just basically setting, setting up, up the final post credit. Exactly. Scene. And, yeah. and, before we go to the five-year jump, um, you know, with uh, Thanos and sort of what happens with him is that we get – we kind of do get a conclusion in this world so far that Thanos is beheaded. Oh, my God, dude. So I did Thor. not expect that coming. So they go to this planet and they're like, 
what's Thanos doing? He's like, it's just him. He's retired on this farm. He's living he has a, a, no a, a army. Terrence Malick-esque yeah, lifestyle. He's just brushing those weird fucking fruit flowers. And like, he, you see him and his arm is just destroyed. And part and of, half his face. of his face. And that, that'll and, also, that's also foreshadowing what will happen later on. Yeah. As well. And, um, and they go there and they, uh, the the surviving Avengers uh, go there. This is Tony doesn't go with them. Everyone else does. Yeah, because Tony's, Tony's uh, uh, resting, been sedated. Uh, yeah, sedated. So they go, um, and basically they have this moment with Thanos of like, "What did you do with the stones?" Because they find that the gauntlet doesn't have any of the Infinity Stones, and he says he's destroyed them, and it took basically all of the energy and power he had left and it basically uh, cripples him almost like and destroys him to the and point he, where they easily just fucking destroy Thanos and they're trying and before to get he more dies, he does say that you know he's inevitable yes yes which is a great line and like um so basically this is in the opening 20 minutes of the film and you're like what the fuck is happening right now and they like they immediately go to Thanos and everyone Captain Marvel and the rest of the Avengers are overtaking him and Thor first cuts off his arm <laughs> Um, uh, to get the gauntlet. Then they realize the stones aren't there and they're trying to get more information from Thanos to, of like, where did he put the stones? And he's just saying he destroyed them. And then Thor just fucking beheads him, man. Yeah. And I'm like, what? That reminded me of the Snoke death in sorry if you guys haven't seen last jedi this is we already spoiled uh, force um, awakens too yeah we did we'll just spoil <laughs> all the star wars movies as well um so uh, they behead thanos and i'm like oh fuck is he not going to be the villain in this movie and i'm like oh wait it'll probably play with time travel um but, but it they- does it in a way that um i think a lot of people were expecting one of the stones to play a part in 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 the time travel where it doesn't and that's where the quantum realm comes into play. And then this whole time heist, right? Yeah. So the movie jumps ahead five years. Um, I like the post-apocalyptic vibe that's going on in the world and the world's just gone to shit. And well, it's like, not, it's not, it's um, actually, or it's they, actually, they even mentioned like, you know, like uh, uh, Captain America says like, Oh, I, I saw whales right. in, in the Harbor and there were less pollution, it, pollution and, like and stuff like that. And so not gone to shit, but I mean like from, out, from a humanity and standpoint, and, yeah. yeah, there are less people. And, but and, I mean, the world is still kind of messed yeah. up because, of all of that right like right. you see new york and it's it's quiet and it's it's just like and well it's, Captain it's America, like living in post 9 11 yes. right where it's like you can never you have you to can, move you can, on you can and, move uh, on and that's that's a theme in this film it's like you know there's a there's a help group that captain Cap- america sort of one, spearheads uh, joe and, russo or anthony russo yeah one of the russo uh, brothers and about dating and sort of trying to move on and talk about things that are Maybe you know small things that are will keep them from sort of realizing how different the world is, but it's hard not to talk about something that's so impactful. Mm-hmm. And I thought that again, um, maybe not necessarily the most like it's it's very heavy handed in how it's sort of spelled out to you, but I think it's an interesting concept sort of this guy for these the, characters yeah. to deal with and sort of focus on. And I think that's why the five year jump is really interesting. And like, yeah, um, one of the Russo brothers yeah talks about this date he went on and how much they miss the Mets, the baseball team, and like, and then the, the he cried over dinner and the, his date cried over dinner, and that's just kind of how this world is now. And people obviously like restaurants are still there, like the world is 
is going on. But um, and then there's a great moment when Ant-Man returns and he's kind of exploring around San Francisco and he sees the posters and he asks because he'd been gone for like five seconds in the quantum realm, but five years in. He said five hours to him. Five hours in the quantum realm. That was five seconds. No, no, that was the end of the movie. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five hours in the quantum realm, but it was five years in our time. So he comes back and he starts exploring San Francisco. Asks a young boy what happened, and the kid just kind of looks at it. He finds his name on a memorial. Yeah, that memorial sequence, the vanishing. Yeah, which is like a giant memorial in San Francisco of everyone from that city who who uh, vanished, and he tries to find his daughter's name. Uh, sees his own name there um, and wonders what the fuck is going on. Uh, goes to see Cassie and she's like a teenager now, <laughs> um, which is crazy. And like, um, and then that kind of sets off the events of the movie, which I, um, and Ant-Man plays a huge part of it. And we alluded this in our spoiler free review, but like it makes Ant-Man and the Wasp and Ant-Man feel more important than I maybe thought that they were when I saw them. And the quantum realm plays a huge part into this. And he goes to, Avengers Tower or Avengers Compound where people are in, and then the reveal of Tony being he's kind of uh, moved out of the city and he's at like a kind of farmhouse kind of thing. Cottage. Cottage. Yeah. Uh, and it's revealed that um, he has a daughter, Morgan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pepper um, and him have been married. They have a kid. And and it's funny because they do mention the name Morgan in Infinity War as being like an old man's name. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's it's. I think that was surprise. That's just another thing I didn't expect for them to go there in this movie. Um, and it's immediately just shown to you. And that relationship between Tony and his daughter is, is, is fantastic. And it, that makes the whole end of the movie even more heartbreaking. Right. And, but it's also uh, showing you that there, there, there's, there's a reason there, there are consequences and actions being set up here that are important for the character to fight for. Right. And also, you know, like what's on the line. And it's more, yeah, his life is, I mean, him giving up everything is to save Pepper and his daughter, right? Yeah. For the most part. And everyone, and, and, and Peter, they allude to, to his relationship with Peter, who's almost like his son that he never had too, right? And right. He wants to be this father figure to him. And even that moment with Tony and his father later in the movie too, like uh, in the in the time heist. Yeah. Now this um, Now this is also some of the stuff where you can tell like it's a lot of, plotting and mm-hmm. set up and yeah. it takes a good half an hour 45 minutes to you know establish a lot of these plot lines these threads before kind of bringing everybody back together um for what they will sort of begin as a time heist as you mentioned where it's which that i was surprised i didn't expect it to have that ant-man heist kind of vibe to it right right like or in, and also specifically back to the future too where yeah. you go back to significant moments or even happy death day to you uh, more recently where you go back to specific key moments in the in MCU. the mcu history and this is where that greatest hits kind of thing comes to play but it does it in a way that's kind of interesting so um you know scott has the idea but he doesn't really know how to execute it because he's you know He's smart, but he's, he's smart. not. He's gotten. I think he's he he's he's learned so much more since we first saw him in Ant Man as a you know a would be thief, um, but he doesn't have the brains to do it. So the first person that they go to is Tony, but Tony rejects them because he doesn't want to be a part of that life, and he has something to lose now, which is his family, mm-hmm. and, and he doesn't think it's possible. Yeah, either. and then they go 
to uh, Dr. Oh, Bruce, Bruce Banner. Who is who, now Professor Hulk. <laughs> yes, Professor Hulk, who has been able to combine uh, brain and brawn through a series of tests and is completely lucid uh, as Bruce Banner so in he the gets, body of the Hulk. Exactly. So he gets uh, Banner's intellect, but then the Hulk's strength and look and everything, which I think is a, a wonderful kind of payoff to that character as well. He wears glasses and he looks middle-aged. And he's taking selfies with kids. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. And um, yeah, and then that sets off the whole plan of of initially Hulk tries to help out and, and figure out this uh, time jumping kind of, kind of thing with the pim particles in the quantum realm. And then, um, sending, uh, Scott back to try and test things out. And then Tony being Tony, uh, he can't let can't it go let and it go. he, he has to figure it out, it. which he does. And he does it quite quickly, but he's still kind of grappling with the fact that like, if he does this, it could, you know, rewrite history and change, the life that he has now that he that he wants but then they do a good job of explaining that's not quite how it works right and they make a lot of jokes about time travel movies and, and they say how they're all full of bullshit yeah and of course this movie is also full of bullshit in their time travel rules but it's it's i think they do a good job though at that not breaking the because i think when you involve time travel you can easily kind of over uh you can overthink it, overcomplicate yeah. things, but yeah. you can also use it as a crutch and, and sort break of say, your own rules "Oh well, you, yeah, like oh, it's a time travel thing, so like that doesn't Don't matter. Like it. it could just be rewritten in a, in a in a line of dialogue." But I think they thought it out pretty well because even the some things that we talked about in Happy Death Day to you or any time travel movie, you're just going, "Well, if you went back and changed it, like how does that?" But does that really work? change the timeline that? you're in yeah. or does that change the timeline that, that you is, went that, to that, that you went to yeah and, and they is do it the a, same t- timeline and i think they do a good job of uh introducing um elements from dr strange and this is where again that greatest hits comes from or you get more out of these movies if you've seen them all in the point where they introduced alternate realities to you or multiple kind of uh realities and dim- uh, dimensions that you can go to so they bring back tilda swinton uh, well the team the well, we should one. first say that the team sorry yeah kind of reunites yeah let's go through it gets step by back step, yeah. together and they decide that they're going to go on this time heist tony mission. figures it out and then yes, comes to yeah it. and yeah. and with the help of uh with bruce kind of figuring out the 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 little kinks here and there. There's a fun bit with Scott, you know, jumping through time in his, the back of his time jump through him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, and how he, you know, ages significantly. And there seems to be a joke, an ongoing thing with aging in this movie as well. Um, or a motif of that. Um, but that, yeah, so they get back together, the whole team and they decide the, the remaining, uh, group that they'll break off into smaller, groups and find the stones so there's a fun bit where i think almost this is like weirdly like the writer's room the recap the recap of like where all the stones were at specific times and i like that it's kind of like you could see like the writers were probably doing the same thing so it's like this this stone was you know here we saw it in this movie Yeah, yeah so we should go to that point but we can't run into ourselves so you know like new york in 2012 um there's a lot of stuff that takes place in 2014 specifically um and how they kind of will divide the team into groups to go after each one and um what the cost of those stones represent as well because the one stone specifically the soul stone there there as we saw in infinity war there there is a price that you have to pay to get that stone and it doesn't matter if you are doing it for the right reason or going back in time at a different point you still have to 
you know, pay the toll the same way that Thanos did uh, getting it for himself. Yeah, and I think that goes back to we made a joke of uh, certain MCU movies feeling more important than they once were thought, and Thor The Dark World being one of them. That, right. Uh, uh, and yeah, so essentially we'll get into that in a sec, but um, they split off into teams. There's a good bit about three of the Infinity Stones are in New York, and they kind of like... <laughs> yeah, at around the same time. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, um, but then the other ones are, like you said, uh, on in moments in MCU history that we all vividly remember. So I thought it was interesting how they split up the teams and then kind of, um, they all have this plan of like, Hey, we only have enough pin particles to get there and come back. We can't fuck this up and do two test runs. One of which is ruined by, uh, Ant-Man. And then the set, the second one is done, um, by Hawkeye who goes back to his family before the snap. Yeah, and then he almost gets to see them again, but uh, gets brought back because it, it's like five seconds in our time, but it's a or depending on that time difference thing. But thought that that was really interesting too. And then so they go, and then you get these moments of uh, these teams being split off, and you so get- Iron Man, Captain America, Ant Man, and Hulk go to New York 2012 during the events of the first Avengers. Yes. And so then Hulk splits off to go and find the time stone. Yes. Which is, uh, guarded still by the ancient one who's played by Tilda Swinton, making one of the many cameos that you will see during this sequence. They bring everyone Everyone back. back. (laughs) Uh, and, and, and I would be fascinating. The only person who said, fuck you is Tommy Lee Jones. (laughs) Right. Who like how much money these people made for like, Two seconds. minutes yeah. at the mo- yeah thirty like Natalie Portman's in it for like five seconds yeah if that and like how much money she made on 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 that five seconds um but yeah so Hulk goes to to the ancient one um they are going to try to grab the tesseract so Captain America goes to get the Mind Stone from Loki's scepter yes and then uh, Tony and uh, Ant Man go to get the tesseract from yes. uh, from uh, well after they uh, basically defeat Loki. So yeah, they run into Frank Grillo's uh, crossbone. Yeah. There's a funny bit where uh, Captain you know, says Hail Hydra to kind of pretend that he's so in on it with they, them. It's the same elevator scene that you remember from Winter Soldier. He gets into the elevator and then, yeah, Grillo's there with... Um, that other guy who's the... Uh, yeah, he was also in Sicario. Yeah, um, and... Uh, yeah, basically you think that it's going to be a redux of that elevator scene where he's going to whoop everyone's ass, but then he just kind of leans in and goes, Hail Hydra, and then they give him this, the, the scepter Yeah. because um, they trust him after he says that. Um, a cool fight scene between Cap and Cap. Um, what I don't get here, and this is breaking the time uh, kind of thing again. The quantum um, leap, if you will. It's just when you overthink time travel, this is when you start to nitpick things. So when Captain America fights himself in uh when they go back in in that timeline um and even i mean this is leaving uh we see loki leave and we don't know where loki goes with the tesseract right so maybe that's going to be something that'll be explained on the the, tv series yeah so i'm curious then because and then with the reveal at cap at the end there too is just like okay well if he went back and placed the stones back exactly where they were. That means nothing should have changed in our timeline. And this is exactly how it played out. So it doesn't affect anything in the present day. Right. But if you go in and change anything, it kind of, uh, the ancient one explains that it 
uh, it breaks off, right? And you create a split reality, essentially. You're creating a new timeline. Uh, and it's just kind of briefly talked about with Hulk. And he goes, well, listen, don't worry about it. We'll put them back exactly where they came from. And uh, she finally gives in after he says, like, Doctor Strange is the one who gave the Time Stone away. Yeah. Um, but I still think it creates split realities, right? Because Cap fighting Cap, he would have remembered that. if they went, Even if they went back and placed the stone back in that same timeline at or the exact even weirdly point. nebula killing herself in 20 well that she wouldn't remember version? because well, wouldn't she disappear because right. she no longer exist yeah but you created a split reality that way right, right? but so, i also feel that this is going to be setting up something down the line too that like we I might see like, in doctor strange too or something yeah like, that, like right? it's opened like, another door yeah because doctor St- Strange is the one that plays within those multiple reality kind yeah, of things. Yeah, and maybe right? the Eternals will too. Um, yeah, it's curious because, like, I do really think that you're creating this weird split, and that and that goes back to the like, well, we only care about our own timeline. We don't care if we fuck yours up, right? Um, but they do say that, like, we'll we'll try to make it. We'll we'll do put our it best back. to make sure. Yeah, that and then you're on your own back together. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're on your own. So. Um, I thought that was interesting, but yeah, seeing the events of, uh, the first Avengers movie, but from different angles and kind of like scenes that we didn't see because those were just kind of skipped over in the, in the first movie, but then we see them kind of messing around and the whole time heist idea I think is really kind of cool and and novel and, uh, Tony and, and Ant-Man fuck up and Loki, uh, Robert Redford's in the scene too. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Robert Redford's there. They literally bring back everyone and, um, they kind of Loki bails out and then they fuck up. So then Cap and Tony decide like the only way that we can make sure that this works is to go to 1970 to get um, more pin particles as well. And the, and the Tesseract, Tesseract at that point, which is being held under safeguard with shield, which is still Hydra. Yeah. So then that's where that one is. Hulk gets the time stone when he eventually, uh, tells the ancient one that Dr. Strange, uh, uh, gave it away so he saw the 14 million 14 billion whatever uh timelines and only one way to to go and then so then we get thor going to the events of thor the dark world with rocket um (laughs) thorin is like yeah thick thor yeah thick daddy thor goes over to uh thor the dark world which we kept laughing of going man they yeah thor the dark world not probably the worst mcu movie but we're going back baby yep and oh anthony hopkins is the other guy that they probably couldn't get back right? yeah um, well they got renee russo and again natalie portman for like five seconds right but it's just interesting that like tommy lee jones and um anthony hopkins are like two of the only people that were probably like man we're good yeah <laughs> uh, they because i'm assuming they would have had them if they i guess they don't go back to the the 50s well, but they go well, back to the well, 70s tommy lee jones but, was it, it, world war two right so he would have been re he would have been dead by the time yeah. they go back to the 70s but i could have seen them going back to the 50s as well right right like you could have gone back to the events of the first captain america right but um i bet you yeah whatever it doesn't matter i like the way that it played out and um tony and cap going back to the 70s and then um and then we get war machine nebula with ronin hawkeye and uh black widow all go to into space to essentially uh, meet up with Peter Quill before he gets the Power Stone. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then also uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow head to Vormir to get the Soul Stone. Well, there's um, another person that I actually was expecting to pop up in that scene with 
uh, Peter Coyle was Jamon Hansu. I thought he would bust in when they were getting the Power Stone, yeah. just like he would have bust in when Peter got it. Yeah. And then went... Didn't happen. Yeah. No, I'm surprised. They got and him Ronan wasn't Marvel. there. Where's Lee Pace? Yeah. They brought them both back for Captain Marvel, but it's interesting yeah. that they don't involve them here. So that's where the teams kind of split off. And I thought it was interesting revisiting, like, this is where we brought up the greatest hits kind of thing, right? And then... Um, and I was kind of weirdly disappointed that... Um, with the splitting off there, like I, I kind of wanted uh, Captain America to see uh, Red Skull again. Same man. So I thought that's where it was heading. Like I thought, yeah. when even when they talk about like, do you want to go see the floating red guy or whatever? Yeah, and, like, they, and it's like, well, wouldn't there have been like a quick moment where it's like Red yeah. Skull? Yeah, like, exactly. Um, that's one thing I would have liked to see some sort of... Seems like a bit of a missed um, opportunity. Yeah, there. but I get why but I, they but send... Yeah, because, because, you know, Hawkeye and, and Black Widow have a, a deeper connection. And I'm sh- I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Renner is going to be in the Black Widow movie because... They he, talk about Budapest again. Yeah, right? they and also like, say that, like, well, you know, I won't... I, Black Widow says that I, I'm not going to judge you on the worst thing that you've done. Like, you're more than just one thing, right? Like, the way that you didn't judge me when you first met me. Mm-hmm. So, I have a feeling he'll probably They'll pop build up. into their relationship yeah. more, too, right? And that's why those two are paired off. But, yeah, it would have been kind of cool to see, like, almost... Because, weirdly, uh, Red Skull seems more sympathetic now. <laughs> like, he's trapped in this, you know... Being this guardian, guardian, and it would have just been interesting to see him like, like apologize to Steve Rogers or like say something meaningful. And I just think that could have been a great moment. But yeah, it's yeah. just like one of. I those. understand why they send them because again, yeah, the the sacrifice you need to make to get that soul stone. Those two made the most sense going there. Um, but I'm surprised that someone like Nebula wouldn't have said like, "Hey, you know what you have to give up to get this thing, right?" Right. Um, yeah. Or that they didn't clue in that like something like where nebula's consciousness could connect to the 2014 version of her because of the robotic uh enhancements that she's been given by thanos yeah i mean that's you know you can't think of everything and that could be an oversight but um you would kind of think like oh maybe you know like because you do have this literal connection to thanos that maybe that could interfere Mm -hmm. with you know our our mission and that's a perfect time to bring that up so as they're in uh the vormir stuff's happening and then um war machine and nebula uh just smack peter quill right in the head as he's doing his uh opening credits of guardians he looks like (laughs) a huge dork in this movie like i like you kind of come to love uh star lord in the first movie less so in the second one and you're annoyed by him in infinity war for having his emotions get in the way, but you can understand like in the heat of the moment, but looking back at guardians of the galaxy from the point of view of future nebula and, and Rhodey, uh, when he's just singing, (laughs) he just looks like a complete dork. Yeah. He's just got his headphones on. He's like, and then he just gets hit over the head. You're right. Um, He is an idiot. (laughs) Um, yeah, everyone just calls him an idiot. Poor Peter. Um, so, uh, they go get the power stone. Every uh, uh, there's a heartbreaking scene on Vormir with Hawkeye and Black Widow, and I wasn't sure how that was going to go. Of like who was going to sacrifice themselves for the stone, right? And right. Then, and I it think, plays out very similar, like in terms of like the the not the structure of it, but we we saw it already with Infinity War with Thanos and Gamora. So it's inevitable that you know this is what's 
going to happen one of these characters oh you know but you're just not sure i like how they handled it in the sense of they kept going back and forth and you're right. like oh hawkeye's gonna die oh no black widow's you gonna imagine die. If both of them um, <laughs> yeah that would not be cool but uh inevitably uh black widow is the one who uh gets the edge on hawkeye and is like you need to see your family you need to be here for them and i've done this is my destiny essentially, right? Like I've done some bad things too, but everything's been leading to this and whatever it takes. And you can't, Um, once you get the stone, you can't rewrite the death of the person that sacrifices themselves because it's a soul for a soul. Right. Yeah. And that's interesting as well because there's a black widow movie going into production this June. So from the information that we got in this movie, it's, going to be a prequel that or it's one of those timeline things right Right. like if they split off after the events of any of the other movies and created a separate timeline but then do we not care about that black widow as much as we care about our black widow right even though it is our black widow up to that moment but then the timeline splits off or is it just a prequel right i'm assuming they'll just go the prequel route to make it our black widow um but then you see that with gamora late later in the film too they get around her death because, yes, her death is permanent, much like Visions or much like uh, uh, Black Widows, but because of the time travel element... Um, well, because also Thanos becomes aware of it and he yes. travels through time as well. So you alluded to them hacking into Nebula's kind of um, system to see both versions of her, right? So yeah. the, um, Thanos uh, figures out what the Avengers are doing when they're doing this time heist and he sees that they're getting all the uh, infinity stones. And this is Thanos in 2014 about the time of the beginning of guardians of the galaxy. And after the events of the first Avengers movie, um, so uh, he's already set his plan into motion, but now he sees that they've collected all five stones and um, past Nebula, who still wants to impress Thanos basically becomes another villain in this film um she's both a hero and a villain her future self her present self and her past self um goes back and i'm even losing myself right um but he goes back and goes well i'll just let them collect all of the stones and i will uh, i'll just wait i'll wait and i'll get nebula to uh i'll travel in time just to go meet them and then get all the stones like uh he already knows he's died right in the future and he says this is his destiny and it's inevitable and um it's just a different way of him going about getting the stones so uh, basically, he wants to get them so he uh, to stop the Avengers from bringing everyone back. Um, but anyways, uh, so where did we leave off? Like Tony and uh, Cap go to the 1970s and they break into uh, that New Jersey uh, army base. And uh, Tony goes down to get the... And that's um, where we also get the Stan Lee cameo because right. they're setting up like, you know, the beatnik hippie era and and sort of like the you know grooviness and and i almost wish that wasn't in the film right i feel like it's almost like it's it's made to set up the joke for uh his his goatee yeah i just uh i feel like um they already had a perfect send-off for for him and right uh, but they still had the footage yeah so they got it and i understand this is probably the last one unless he's in far from home right which we should also um, say far from home home is still phase three yes you were right you were right i was wrong we talked about that on a previous episode yeah always trust eric um so we have a nice moment here where tony gets the tesseract and cap goes to get uh what does cap go to get he gets one of the stones too. Yeah, I, God, 
This is the one thing I can't remember. Because he does No, something. the pin particles. Pin particles. Because so he goes to like... And then we see like, a, 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 a motion capture Hank Pym played by Michael oh, Douglas. Oh, a nice hairdo. Uh, you know, get called away, distracted, because there's a pretend box waiting for him. Yeah. So he gets the pin particles so they can do more time traveling. Right, because they would be there at the same moment. And then Tony... Knows that his father will be there too because he knows that they work together. Right, um, but he just kind of by accidentally bumps stumbles into, into him. him. And this is the kind of thing that I'm not the biggest fan of and yeah. how some of this is done because this is where it also reminds me of television a little bit where it's like today our guest star is John Slattery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it feels like this is, you know, we, we said fan service or pandering and what have you. I just like the moment between him and his dad. I don't mind the and... moment. I just don't like how it's just it's played as serendipitous in a weird way. It's just like, Oh, it just happened. Like, it's like, you could tell, well, like, no, it's a writer saying, Oh, this is the perfect time to have this moment between these two characters. And I feel like all that was missing from scenes like those is like an audience participation track. Like well, yeah. Because, yeah. Cause you want them to cheer. It's like, yeah. woo. Well, and you'll get that in the theater. <gasps> yeah, right? exactly. It's like, and you'll get that once you see it with an audience. Cause like our, our, uh, critics uh, crowd or critics and friends um, crowd was uh, pretty animated for a critic screening. Yes, there for were a, a nine a.m. screening. Yeah, um, but again, I, I can't wait to see it opening night and see how people react to that stuff. And I'm okay with it. Like again, I, I totally get that. And there's so many cameos that yes, I agree with you that it is a little like woo, this person just walked in kind of thing. And it like like basically everyone shows up for this. So I like the moment between Tony and his dad, and they never really got to have that right because right. um uh so it I don't know that it it was a really nice moment for me seeing them have that conversation and then uh Cap and Tony getting the stone and the pin particles everyone returns back to Avengers compound uh except for Black Widow so you have that moment where um, again there Well there's the also stone. a decoy this time around as well because the uh evil yeah. nebula goes back pretending she's present Good. nebula yes which sets off the motion of the uh ladder uh, half of the movie for the last act or so. So we're about two acts deep in this now. Um, yeah. The and first... I think the whole second act besides the kind of maybe some of the TV episodic nature of it is the strongest because it is having the most fun yeah. with. It's a fun heist kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Right? And, like and it's it more like the lightest part of the, of the totally. The it's movie. more Ant-Man than anything else. Yeah. Right. Like, cause he sets off the motion and he's the one going, we have to steal all the infinity stones basically. Right. And you get those moments where, yeah, maybe they're not as um, as obvious as like, well, actually you get a lot of those because of the, the returning characters or different characters showing up. But you go to those familiar locations and you see them from a different perspective and you see them trying to steal these things that they at the time didn't realize that, that they uh, were as important as they were. Um, yeah, I thought that was really cool, man. I like the time heist thing. I thought that was really I wasn't sure how they were going to handle the time travel stuff. And um, I thought. I didn't see the, oh, we need to steal all the stones being the part of it, right? Like, I thought it was going to be just going back to the moments of Infinity War and doing something. Their rules of time travel, I thought, were really interesting. Right. And although they tried to explain it in a scientific way of going, well, if we go back and put the stones back at the exact moment where we took them, like, that kind of stuff. But I still feel like they break the the timelines a bit but i'm sure they might mess around with that in the future or in whether they're in these tv shows or or anything like that that they're doing on disney plus but um or even what if i um, mean what if yeah. might have that connection to it as well in a right where way. each one of these are like split timelines now yeah. right where 
Um, yeah, I think that was really cool, man. I like the time heist stuff. And then, um, again, to this point, there are some action sequences, but for the most part, it's plot driven and, and character driven. And like the first hour or so, there's no action. And then right. you get a little bit well, it's of It's all action. somber. It's all set up, right? Like they're, they're kind of regrouping, getting the band back together, um, and trying to figure out what the next step is. And that's where you're kind of getting the initial buildup. And then when they execute the heist, um, you start to get bits in action and it's yeah. more fun. Like you and said, there's, there's like, more payoffs as well. And, and, and it's enjoyable kind of going down memory lane, even if at times again, like, you know, it's, it's a little obvious in, in terms of how it's written and how, you know, characters come across one another or, uh, situations unfold. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, I think one of the mo- most touching ones is, is between Thor and his mother is again, played by uh, Renee Russo because, uh, rocket makes this, good point that you know she's already dead you can't save her even though he wants to intervene with the elves uh again from thor the dark world uh killing her so you know he he actually gets closure of his own with his mom the same way that uh tony gets closure with his father yeah which i thought was really nice and I do want to jump back to New Asgard because we did see Valkyrie and you brought up Corgan Meek and I went crazy. I, I marked out for them. It was uh, uh, they're playing Fortnite and just chilling in Thor's kind of hut. Um, Which apparently smells uh, really bad. Yeah. And then um, they're eating pizza and stuff like that. It was really uh, it was just nice to kind of see. I, I really wanted Korg and Meek in this movie, and I'm glad to see them survive and um, seeing Valkyrie, which... I, and then I thought that's all we were going to get from them, but we'll get more uh, about that later. So, um, yeah, man. So we get back to Avengers Compound. Um, they've gotten all of the Infinity Stones. Um, they've succeeded other than uh, Black Widow. We get a moment with Hulk being angry and even Thor and and everyone kind of still being on edge about everything. Yeah. Um, uh, and then Tony and uh, Hulk essentially build a gauntlet out of uh, basically the Iron Man tech. Um, and then they decide they of what's going to happen. And then you get the Nebula tease that it's evil Nebula. And you see her bring uh, ba- essentially this is when Thanos comes back, right? Yeah. Thanos and Gamora um, and, and his army ship and, and his army all kind of travel back or forward in time to uh i guess this would be 2024 yeah is it five years after 2018 or something or 2023 or something like that um and then you get hulk being the one that uh, they were trying to decide who would wear the gauntlet and do the snap to bring everyone back and um i was surprised at how that moment wasn't like the big gigantic like um like I, that we bringing everyone back it was a big moment and you saw that it succeeded after essentially hulk is the one who says listen i'm the one who has to do this because uh, gamma flows through me already i'm the only one who can probably survive this right um he wears the gauntlet does the snap um and it worked it uh we get the confirmation because um uh hawkeye's wife um calls his cell phone um, to tell him about the curse of La Llorona. <laughs> is she in that? Uh, She's the lead. Linda Cardellini. Yeah. I didn't realize Linda Cardellini was the lead in that. Um, so we get the confirm confirmation that it worked, but then immediately after uh, Hulk does the snap, uh, Thanos 
fucking destroys the entire Avengers compound. Right. And you are um, thinking to yourself at that moment, well, why aren't the other Avengers now coming to their rescue? Because, right away. Yeah. you know, they're back, right? Um, but there's a reason for that. And again, that's I think it's more of a structure thing. And the other little nitpick story or character development or characterization that I'm kind of iffy on is Gamora's change of heart and helping the good Nebula that's being held prisoner on Thanos's ship where she just kind of ultimately decides, hey, you know, like she already knows that, you know, Thanos kills her in this universe or this timeline. Um, but she still is kind of working with him. And then all of a sudden she, you know, changes on to their team again. So sort of. For me, I, I see it as someone who was teetering on that anyway, because this is right before the beginnings of beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Where we do see her turn and, and start to see it from uh, uh, Peter and the rest of the Guardian side and seeing that Thanos is evil and that she needs to turn on him. And so I think she's already fighting with those emotions in her head. And then those are just confirmed when future Nebula uh, kind of tells her what happens. Yeah. And it kind of confirms her kind of suspicions and like not even suspicions but realizes that what she's doing is wrong and what Thanos is doing is wrong and that she needs to get away from this and help the good guys so like for me I feel like that's sort of earned and it is an interesting way of bringing her back because she does survive at the end of the movie um she goes missing essentially she doesn't there's a moment between her and Peter later where Peter's like oh my god Gamora, but it's not the Gamora he knows, right? It's the Gamora from right before he he met her. Um, So she kind of smacks him and then kind of disappears, right? Right. Um, And that'll probably, I mean, they'll probably play play Guardians 3. 3, Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I think, a smart way of bringing her back. Um, But then having... It is the one loophole that they were able to get around. Right. Because she actually travels back, right? Um, So... Uh, but that that's interesting, right? Because then that's not the Gamora we know from Guardians. Like, that Gamora is dead that we know from uh, Guardians 1 and 2, right? right? Like, this is a different version of her. It's the exact same one up until that point of time. Right. Um, but I think that's uh, I think that's very smart of where they leave that character and Peter and having to deal with that in probably Guardians 3. I think that's kind of interesting. Um, so anyways, Thanos uh, destroys the Avengers compound, just absolutely destroys it, much like... Uh, when Tony's kind of uh, uh, um, house gets destroyed in Iron Man 3, it reminded me of that when yeah. uh, the Mandarin um, destroys uh, Tony's uh, con, not condo, just mansion. Um, so th- it gets destroyed, and then everyone's kind of buried in this rubble, and everyone's, and then Thanos is. Which reminds you a little bit of uh, Spider Man Homecoming when Peter is. Yeah, kind of trapped even by the rockets vulture. is yeah. screaming that he can't breathe and stuff. It's yeah. really intense, and you, I'm like, why do I care about this talking raccoon voiced by Bradley Cooper? Yeah, <laughs> but I do. Is, I'm like, save him. Iron Man calls him Build a Bear. <laughs> yeah, save him. Um, so the team kind of gets split up again after the the compound gets blown up. You get Hulk and and Rocket and stuff buried under and about to drown, and um, uh, and then Ant Man going to save them, and then you get the the OG three of Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man, kind of with their showdown with, with Thanos, and um, 
as uh, he waits for the, uh, the gauntlet, gauntlet to, to be, be delivered to, to him. him. Which actually, the one sequence I really kind of liked, and and you know, we were talking about like how um, Captain Marvel the movie um, made fun or was kind of poking fun at James Cameron for. Uh, you know, with the True Lies poster and yeah. of his comments, but then it this movie pays homage to him in a weird way because the scene where uh, Renner's character is in the dark and the red lights are down, and then he looks up and looks to the sides, and then you see like the flash of all those alien dogs coming in. Looks like the scene in Aliens yeah. when um, uh, Hicks looks up through the the ventilation shaft and sees the aliens yeah, yeah. no that's a, and yeah that's a great great point and um yeah hawkeye has the gauntlet he's running away from those alien creatures that we know from infinity war and the same ones from no they're not the chitari from the avengers it's those do- space dogs yeah. from the from infinity war right um yeah man so we get uh we get everyone kind of trying to play hot potato with this gauntlet trying to get it to Well we should uh, say everybody comes back. Okay yeah cuz we haven't talked about Captain Marvel cuz you mentioned it earlier that she's, she's not at in the it that she's much. in the beginning and then after they kill Thanos and they split off to try and figure out what to do, she's out in space somewhere and and everyone's on That's probably what the second movie will be. You think so? Maybe. I, I mean, you could you could even do a film even before that with with her, like some because she even talks about at the beginning of this film that, that there you know, are like, there are other planets that are that don't have uh, Avengers, yeah, and that are in dire need of help. So she's trying to do as much as she can for everybody that you know she can't be in ten places at once. Yeah. So I'm assuming it'll be during that timeline, but yeah. So I think before that though, we get the great moment of um, before the hot potato, before everything, and I mentioned the OG three with Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man uh, battling showdown with, with Thanos, uh, Thanos, Warrior Thanos. Yeah. So he has this cool double edge kind of blade thing, and it's his Darth um, Maul moment. Yeah, it is, and they have this uh, great fight scene where uh, Thor. Uh, uses his power to braid his beard and kind of get into shape a little bit and uh still poorly um, though and oh we forgot to say he takes uh, mjolnir with him when he goes back in time yeah. like he takes it back and he's or like, as paul rudd still calls got it, it neil yeah <laughs> um so he takes so he has stormbreaker and mjolnir and he's kind of like dual weed wielding them which is fucking awesome right. and then you got tony and cap and there's this great fight scene with uh, Thanos as they're all kind of taking him on, which is reminiscent of the first film on on Titan. With uh, uh, but now the these OG three all together because we only saw them all separately taking him on in in the first film, and I thought that was really awesome. And you see Thanos kind of get the best of all of them again, and kind of he destroys Cap's shield. Um, and they're all getting their licks in, but then uh, you get a great moment where uh, it looks like uh, Thor is about to be, or no, Tony's about to get taken out by Thanos, right? And then yeah. you get the uh, lightning kind of, you see it coming, and then you hear Mjolnir, and then it's, uh, or Thor's about to be taken yeah. out, right? Because um, then that's the payoff of like, and then Mjolnir kind of swoops in and smashes Thanos in the face, and you see Captain America grabbing Mjolnir, and then yeah. uh, and then he a, goes, I knew, I knew it, it, and then it's a callback to, to Age of Ultron. Yeah, right? where he's the one who almost lifts it out of yeah. everyone, right? So I think there's that great moment, which fans will go crazy and i'm sure if you guys uh are listening to this you were at an opening night showing our first weekend showing where everyone probably went crazy for that moment so you get cap with half of his shield that's kind of busted up but then he's wielding mjolnir and uh and thor 
has Stormbreaker and then uh, Caps there, and they're all kind of taking on Thanos as this gauntlet's trying to be brought out of the building. Um, and you get then you get the uh, ultimate payoff. So right, well, um, it's Thanos gives this big speech about you know it what he was doing originally wasn't personal, but this time around, cause I, you, I saw you kill me. So yeah, basically. I'm going to make sure that, you know, earth specifically is wiped out. But my new plan is that I'm going to wipe, wipe out, out everybody everyone. because, you know, anybody that remembers, uh, this will try to get revenge or, 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 or try to, you know, avenge, uh, the universe. So I'll wipe everybody out and create a new world, a better world that is, uh, grateful for what I have given them and that he's basically now a demigod, so to speak. And in doing so, he brings all of his attack ships, all of his uh, aliens. Uh, so those- the aliens from the first Avengers movie, those big giant kind of worm, space worm. And then his uh, his uh, group of, or the, his army of... The children of Thanos? Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. I forget what they're called. Um, but like the Midnight something? Or? Well, no. Pro- Proxima Midnight is one of them. Oh, okay. But, like, they all have different names. But those, the group of the, uh, his, like, minions from the first film um, uh, kind of come back as well. And then you get the great moment where it looks like uh, all is lost and Thanos' giant army is invading Earth and the Avengers have lost again. Um, and then you see... Uh, uh, Doctor Strange's kind of uh, portal kind of pop up and then you get the great moment of uh, uh, Black Panther, Shuri and um, oh my god what's her name oh uh, uh, yeah um, I'm blanking I know and you made a really good point when the poster came out yeah too. Denai Guerrera's character yeah. I forget her name though it's like, anyways, sorry, uh, I, I'm blanking right now, but they walk out and then you just start seeing portals pop up everywhere and then Ant-Man bursts out of the, uh, or Giant-Man at this point, bursts out of the rubble and brings out Hulk and, and Rocket and, and Hawkeye. And then you get portals popping up and you get that Everybody that moment. was dusted originally is yeah. back and Literally every fight. character you have ever seen, every hero you have ever seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, comes out of Doctor Strange portals, and uh, you get this crazy war sequence that reminds me of the giant battles that you see in in in, in big war movies. Like well, you mentioned Lord, uh, Lord of, the, of Rings the Rings when we were talking yeah. about it before the podcast, and then um, and then you finally, it's so satisfying. You get Captain America finally uttering the lines "Avengers assemble," and then you get the great moment of these two armies charging at each other and you get literally if you name a, a hero from uh one of the mcu movies they're there my boy korg right at the front with meek running up and you get like uh you got valkyrie on her like pegasus kind of horse flying around and uh like just one of the craziest fight scenes that yes feels like cgi smashing into other cgi but which is where um, a lot of where, where most comic book movies go to in their third act where it's giant cgi versions of you know these characters fighting each other and they do they battle them out but there's some good character beats and there's some that good choreography well there too. you see peter and tony reunite again and and that moment's touching and you know like there, there's a couple moments here and there where there's some breathing room um but it, it does become um, somewhat 
numbing after a little while because it feels like you're just watching, as you said, like with all those, you know, wide shots, CGI just moving in to each other. And, and smashing against smashing each other. Against yeah, each yeah other. and I yeah. think it's impressive and it looks good and I actually think it was somewhat easy to follow, especially when you have a big red gauntlet with a bunch of colorful stones on it being the kind of like you said, hot potato that needs to be kind of taken through and each of your favorite characters gets a moment to try and get it through. Right. And you get to see people interact with other people that they haven't yet. And uh, although it is a clusterfuck because so much is going on, um, I think it was still somewhat easy to follow. And uh, in this moment, they realize that the the time machine that they created essentially has been destroyed and that they need um, uh, Scott Lang's van for his portable version uh, to be found, which is somehow still kicking, still there, and they need to fix it. And uh, essentially what they want to do is um, send the the gauntlet back in time or return the Infinity Stones back in time so Thanos can't get them. Uh, that fails. This giant kind of thing goes on. Um, you get a, uh, a great moment of everyone battling, and then the final climactic Spider-Man thing is suit. Like, turns to kill and it's kind of disturbing which is a great callback right and i think you get these great callbacks throughout and seeing valkyrie kick people's ass and again i go back korg and meek are two of my favorite characters and i did not expect them to be in that like final battle sequence too yeah and And there's a great as you were saying as well on on the uh the street card right here there's a great kind of fu moment to all the uh oh yeah we uh, haven't talked about that fanboys who are misogynistic where all the uh the the female superheroes get together and sort of have captain marvel's back and lead lead her on to fight thanos and it's a fucking awesome moment man and i know that'll piss some people off and that's even better right. about it like um and i think it does tease that we will get that like female avengers movie um which I think is awesome. I think that's dope, man. Like, and I know there's a name for that team um, that I'm blanking on, but um, I think that's a and yeah, it that does feel like they're breaking the fourth wall a little bit, right? Um, but I'm almost okay with that too. Even with the uh, I don't know if it's An- I think it's Anthony Russo who was in that scene, right? Or Joe. Or- uh, anyways, one of them. One of the Russo brothers. The he plays a gay man in that sequence too because he talks about going on a, a date with another man too, which I also think it's just these little things where they're just like um, these misogynistic or homophobic things that a lot of uh, that have come out with some of these movies that um, are a little bit of a, hey, go fuck yourself where this right. is who we are. Well, now. they even make Brie Larson with her haircut in this which is the more traditional looking right but she almost looks a little bit like hillary clinton (laughs) joe biden hillary clinton well it does she does and i'm not meaning that as a bad thing i'm just meaning like you can tell that she does have her um short haircut that we're more used to in the more modern versions of captain marvel i think yeah um so when she comes back in the in the last bit of the movie uh, and essentially that's a big payoff too because everyone comes back we're still fighting but then she comes back again and just wrecks shop and like destroys thanos ship has that great moment where she's taking the gauntlet with the other female avengers throughout the, the army and then you get a final am i missing anything until the final battle between tony and and Thanos. Yeah, I mean, and what Cap- you can also say about that that moment, it feels the most like, you know, those big comic book panels where you see all the superheroes in sort of a group formation fighting against something. Like, it does feel like you are watching a comic book come to life. A double page spread in yeah. a big event 
crossover kind of thing, right? Like that one, there's a great moment. It's just like, whether it's the first Avengers movie or even Age of Ultron as they're storming the um, the Hydra base. Um, it's just that moment of, yeah, just them all running against the other thing. And you got that slow motion shot of all the heroes. Like you could probably take a still of that, right? And see what where each character is. And I think it's really cool. And uh, uh, there's a lot going on, don't get me wrong. And there's a lot to fit in. Like you got to have character beats for all of those kind of characters that we lost in the last film so you get your black panther beat you get your guardians beat you get like it's interesting a lot of the people who are only in this film for a couple shots really right like yeah. they get a couple moments and that's really it because and still have like a main um, title credit at the end well yeah <laughs> basically anyone who wasn't credited in the poster or or anything like that gets a credit at the end of the film um that were a surprise because again I'm dead, which Chadwick Boseman kept saying and like, um, uh, uh, things like that, where we all knew that they were coming back, but I felt like it was satisfying and you need, you needed that moment at the end with everyone united to defeat Thanos. And then it coming down to Tony and, and, and he even alludes to Dr. Strange being like, is this the version you saw? You saw one time that where we succeed. And he's like, if I told you it's not going to happen, alluding to like, if I tell you you're going to die, then, then you might try to stop that from happening. Right. And then, um, and then right before it happens, Dr. Strange kind of gives him the nod where Tony finally realizes what he needs to do. Right. Yeah. And there's an, uh, a great moment where it looks like Thanos gets the gauntlet again. Um, the uh, now on the Iron Man, um, tech. And then, uh, I think he's fighting with Captain Marvel at that time. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, he kind of overpowers her or he uses the, the power stone, yeah, because right. he takes it off, off of so the gauntlet because she's stopping him from using the gauntlet. He yeah. puts it in his other hand and kind of punches her and makes her go flying. And then Tony comes in and he puts the gaunt- the stone back on the gauntlet. And then you see Tony kind of wrestle with him for a second and does a sleight of hand, which we don't realize at the time, where he switches uh, the gauntlet with a, f- a one like he switches the tech. He puts yeah. it on his body. And, and switches it and Thanos tries to do the snap again and uh, nothing happens and he turns it and you see that none of the stones are on the gauntlet and then they're all on Iron Man's suit and um, basically forming into his hand creating a gauntlet and uh, Tony uh, he snaps and um, essentially we get this crazy moment where again I think everything comes full circle and I think it's a, a really great storytelling in the sense that he dusts instead of everyone just randomly 50% he just dusts all the essentially not all the evil in the world but just Thanos and his army yeah essentially right and they win um and then but the cost that comes with it is is, that Tony sacrifices himself because uh the gamma radiation is too powerful it's too much and he basically dies of radiation poisoning yeah you see his charred kind of arm and half of his face um much like thanos in the beginning of the movie yeah um, which just shows you like, how powerful like tony Hulk, is too yeah. right like uh even with his suit and how he's just this mortal man who is able he's just one of the smartest people in the world being able to create this tech that and just showing that he is essentially we go back to being worthy with captain america with the with the mjolnir being worthy and then tony being worthy of wielding 
the infinity gauntlet because like again you saw even in guardians what one infinity stone could do and how they all had to unite and peter being half god and only being able to kind of barely wield one stone and then tony being able to wield the gauntlet and perform the snap and not just being obliterated um, I think is a testament to that character's arc and what we've seen that character go through over the 10 years and how powerful he is both as a human and a hero. And I think that it's a super emotional moment of him realizing he succeeded. And you get that moment, which I alluded to at the very beginning of the spoiler cast of being like that moment with Peter, which is again, the mirror image of the moment on, on Titan from infinity war, which was, emotional in itself even though you fucking know spider-man's coming back right tom holland's performance is is so good that and 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 robert downey jr's that you like makes you emotional and here's the opposite side of it and you you get this culmination of this character and you're like this is it like they're killing him off here and like he's the one who started it all and he's the one who had to end it and you knew it you always almost knew that this was how it was going to end up but you weren't sure right and then it happens and and you get the payoff of peter and him and then a great moment between him and oh we didn't talk about pepper Potts coming in as uh i forget what her version of iron man is called right Um, but we kind of saw a little bit of that with iron man 3 and that's what i mean a good payoff for iron man 3 of like you saw her uh take out um Guy Pierce in Iron Man three and and um and her actually they teased that like oh I built her a suit with he talks about with his daughter earlier in the movie but she didn't want it but her coming in at the end too being part of that final battle I think is really really awesome and um you get a an amazing moment between her and Tony where she's almost she's like happy that he did it and like and understands that he had to do this. And as much as she's been telling him to stop over the years, like he was the one who saved the universe, right? He saved billions and billions of people and it cost his life. Yeah. And he, I mean, he's, he's more than redeemed himself from being an arms dealer too. Yeah. From the first movie that we saw. And sure. Morgan, um, Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. Has to grow up without a father and things like that. But, and uh, also like, just like Scott Lang having, you know, miss time with his own daughter who's now a teenager. Yeah. So. Right. And then, so like, uh, an incredibly, incredibly emotional moment where you get like the people most important to Tony of being, um, pepper, Peter, uh, roadie is there. Right. Yeah. And then uh, does cap get a moment at the very end with Tony? I no. forget. No, but they always, yeah, they never saw eye to eye on everything, but they respected one another. And I think they're, them getting back together like you mentioned and i think our non-spoiler cast too but like um was great and uh yeah i think that final moment and just just seeing it come to an end and that they defeated him and and peter saying that line of like we did it you did it you know, we won and uh, i it's just crazy like i can't believe it's been 10 years since i saw iron man and that what that character has gone through and uh, i'm so curious to see it does really seem like a finale for him and, and for uh, Chris Evans. Um, Cause we always were like, well, maybe you never know. Like maybe they'll stick around or maybe he'll, he'll be Jarvis moving forward. Right. Like right. he'll be, he'll be the AI, but they don't really tease that at all. They just, this seems like the end of it. Right. Like yeah. he has the one video send off for the funeral and then um, that's the end of Iron Man. He saves the day. And I thought that was a perfect way of, 
wrapping up this story and this story of the last 10 years yeah and and now it's it's going to be interesting because the way that it ends um you know there there might be a post-credit scene i don't know if there is um yeah because we saw the press screening and i know that with like for example guardians of the galaxy there was an additional scene that wasn't shown until afterwards and i have this feeling that if there is like i wouldn't be surprised if there isn't but at the same i don't time, think there will be i don't either but i could see them adding something just for the actual theatrical run because you never know right but um it is interesting that they've kind of this like yeah the last 10 years of this series has kind of ended a, a book like it's it's basically like a whole mini series or series coming to an end it almost feels like a series finale yeah right but then obviously there's other things that build off in this world and things will continue yeah and we're but. still getting one more in phase three which is spider-man Far from home, which will probably in play into the ramifications of what happened at the end of Infinity War and how everything gets redone. In in because essentially, when they bring everyone back, those five years still happen. They didn't yeah. erase them, right? Like people lived five years thinking these people were dead and or gone, and and, and those like people that. that were gone were gone and are coming back now five years later. Yeah, to a world that they were absent from right for those five years yeah and how does the world come back from that and i think far from home will play into that which is why it's part of phase three right right? and it's also why you have happy hogan kind of basically now mentoring uh peter and you might see gwyneth paltrow there too uh, yeah no i think i think gwyneth paltrow's done as well i think she was saying that she's she's finished but definitely uh happy hogan and uh nick fury and what Rob, I was going to say Robbie Smalders, Maria Hill. Yeah, yeah, Maria Hill. So I think those three will kind of now be working with or, or incorporated into the Spider-Man movies and, you know, maybe another version of Captain America or Captain Marvel. Yeah, so I mean, let's just finish up the, the through line here in the plot and then we'll go into where we see things going. So the... They succeeded. The wars ended. They have a funeral for for Tony. Everyone's uh, there. Everyone's there. It's a, even Ty Simpkins, who was the kid. Yeah, from I love Iron that. Man 3. I love that. I don't think a lot of people will notice that. Right. But well, at least on like, the first viewing. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm unlocking my computer. I keep we're talking so long, it keeps locking. Um, I just want to make sure we're still recording. But yeah, Ty Simpkins is there, and uh, uh, people will probably be like, "Wait, who? Oh, that's the fucking kid from Iron Man 3. Um, which shout out to Iron Man three underrated. Yeah. Um, so you get a wonderful shot showing everyone kind of mourning Tony. And we mentioned it earlier that like, uh, proof that Tony Stark has a heart, his original core from the first Iron Man movie. They yeah. That Pepper on, gave to him place on a wreath and put into this lake near his cottage. Uh, great kind of send off with the character. He records a good, that's when Namor gets it. Yeah. He <laughs> records a goodbye to his daughter and pepper and everyone there. And there's a great moment between happy and, 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 uh, and Tony's daughter. I think the reason they give him a daughter is to set up something in the future for, right. for the Iron next Man, generation of Iron of... Man or Iron Woman. Yeah. Uh, Iron heart, um, which they could be, um, leaning into, um, so, which could be what uh, way down the line, right? Yeah. She's only a couple years old in this movie. Um, five years at the most, four years probably, four years old. Um, but they could do another time jump, right? Like, if they, they could really easily, right? To. Like, you could, if you could, 
what could if you go very cosmic with this and a lot of the characters don't age that are still living yeah right but it will be um, interesting to see what a uh, post uh iron man marvel or mcu universe is like and like so let's get into that in one second i'm just gonna yeah. cut you off let's finish where all the loose threads kind of end up and then let's talk about that sure because i do want to talk about it with you so we get the funeral um, we get Thor send off, which is he goes to new Asgard, which I love that they, they took that from the comics that Asgard is being rebuilt on earth in, it looks like Norway yeah. or something like that. Or it that. even really looks like uh like, yeah. you know, Nova Scotia, yeah. Newfoundland. Like It could it, actually be, I think that is, I forget in the comics, it's either in Norway or it could be that. Right. Um, they're like a fishing town. It's a harbor right? town. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Thor has a wonderful moment with Valkyrie where he essentially goes, listen, like. I need to, uh, I can't be king. Like, yeah. I can't be the ruler of Asgard, and I need to step I need away. some me time. I need, I, need some... I need to go on a journey of self-discovery yeah. and figure things out for myself. So he essentially leaves Asgard to Valkyrie because yeah. she's a wonderful leader. Um, and he's like, it, your majesty, like, essentially, you are the queen of Asgard now. Like, this is yours to build on Earth, uh, which I think is a, is a really cool way of uh of setting that leaving that so i love that the movie does give you all these threads of where they potentially could be going and then you get the great moment of okay well what's thor gonna do like he's uh he's still got his giant goofy beard and his his beer gut um but then you see oh well he's befriended rocket now and uh they're good buddies so now why not do the thing that we've been saying as guardians of the galaxy? So which he, they reference, he, they actually say that by name they go, um, which now I'm starting to see where guardians volume three will be, which could also be Thor four. Right. right? So it seems like they're going Thor ends up on the Milano with, uh, Peter Quill with all of the guardians and has a great moment with Peter of like, who's the one in charge here and Thor kind of that back and forth that they kind of set up in infinity war. And I think everyone liked Thor interacting with them so much where now it just looks like Thor is a member of the guardians of the galaxy. Um, which is cool. I think, I think that's perfect. And like, um, this might've even been, been set up before James Gunn was brought back too right. as well. I know that they probably knew that this is where that was going, but yeah, I mean, um, I'll, I think like it'll be. I, I'm sure Adam Warlock is still involved in in Guardians Three, but that was like the only thing we kind of knew moving forward is that that character might show up. But now, yeah, with um, Thor kind of officially joining the Guardians for at least maybe one adventure, um, you know that script has already been written or, or sort of thought out right because they said they're using gun script so maybe he always knew that thor was going to be a part of it right yeah or that that they were i mean ragnarok even kind of sets that up like it it had a very guardians tone right but then there's also i mean val um tessa thompson saying that taika waititi pitched a a, a thor four so maybe those are going to be closely connected right right like i could see that um happening as well where they'll essentially tie into each other um quite a bit so we leave thor with the guardians valkyrie on new asgard um we already alluded to what happens with captain america so um he goes back through time to return all the infinity stones to the moment that they took them so they don't change reality that uh, all that much in these other timelines other than his past self will remember his own his <laughs> himself kicking his ass but he thinks it's loki right right so 
okay, now I'm starting to figure this shit out in my own head. Cause I'm like, how wouldn't that fuck with the timeline? So essentially everything that happened in this movie could have potentially already happened in, in scenes. Cause we're trying to figure out, but then where do we leave Loki and Thor after the first Avengers movie? After the, um, oh, he falls through the he be, he becomes attached to um, Stellan Skarsgård's character, right? Right. I'll have to go back and we'll talk more about in, all in of this Thor, stuff. Because in Thor, he but... falls through the um... sure, but that's before the first Avengers movie. So I'm thinking in is Thor Dark World after the first? Yeah, that would have yeah. been the follow. So they were right? going to take him back to Asgard for punishment, right? Yeah. Like that's where. So that timeline does split because even so now there might be. Hmm, this is interesting. I well, don't know. Be, well, because also you have to think, well, even though, you know, the snap brings everybody back, Loki wasn't part of the snap. He was just killed by Thanos. Right. But then the version of Loki we see when they travel through time, they lose. Yeah. Because instead of him going with, at the end of the Avengers movie, he's in handcuffs and Thor takes him back to Asgard. Yeah. He escapes after the events of the Avengers. So that splits that timeline. So I'm wondering if we join up, like you mentioned in the Disney plus series with that version of Loki. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's interesting. And if he finds a way to travel through time as well, there could be some interesting ramifications there. Um, that's cool. Uh, Captain America goes back and like we thought would probably happen. Um, he says he's going to be back in five seconds of their time and um, he doesn't return. And basically they turn and they see this man sitting on a, on a bench and um, winter soldier tells. Uh, well, I almost thought the first time when you see that silhouette of him, because he does look smaller that I thought it he, was going to be the... that he didn't take the serum, but then that would, you know, undo everything. Right. right. So it seems like he just goes back and, he goes back to after a time where he so now i'm even thinking like the whole time captain there could have been two captain americas hanging out but right. he was the old version of himself or something but well, then he would no cuz cuz the captain america no cuz he was in the ice right until yeah. the early 2000s that's what i mean but then there would have been two of him until he was in the ice. So our version well, is the Well, he goes in the ice, ice though, during World War II, right? I know, so, so he I'm can saying. go back to af- just after that. That's what I and, mean. And, yeah. So our cap or that cap that goes back is the one that was unfrozen in ice. But then that version lived throughout all of these years with Peggy. So even when we're seeing Peggy in Winter Soldier... When uh, is it Winter Soldier or Civil War? Winter Soldier, I she think. She dies in Civil War. They're, they have the funeral for her, right? Then... But he's visiting her, and she has Alzheimer's and stuff. Yeah. Like, so is he old man Steve, just in the shadows then, and going shit? I can't show myself because I've been living all these years maybe. with Peggy, and then maybe that's why she's still recognizes. Well, then him it and also comes like into play, like what? Because I've never seen the series, but the Agent Carter series. Like, how does that all factor in? Because they even reference, like, the the guy who played, um, James Darcy, who played the butler, the real version of Jarvis, also has a cameo in mm-hmm. the 70s scene when right. he's, uh, you know, waiting for but that's, Howard. Stark. Yeah, I know, right? So that's their timeline. So that might have been another split timeline. But how does he end up back in their timeline? Does he jump back now that Peggy's maybe passed away or something and he still had Pym particles and goes, listen, I need to tell them what happened and give yeah maybe because like, i mean you don't see him land back on the platform but maybe that's just how it 
when I mean, yeah. you could go crazy thinking. No, about I'm just stuff. curious of like, yeah, because it wouldn't have been the same timeline, I don't think, or it could have been, but then if it depends on when he jumped, he would have jumped back to 1970 and met her there, right? Because but it that's seemed when, earlier than that when we see the flashback at the very end of them together, right? Maybe what happened was he goes back and then the old one knows when to 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 come back to that moment mm-hmm. in the present right maybe he tells him or something it yeah doesn't... because he has captain america sh- or the shield the captain america shield in like a duffel bag right mm-hmm. or like a bag yeah and then there's that moment where he gives it to falcon and um i wished it was bucky personally right I just prefer the I I see the Winter Soldier more as a Captain America than right, but you Bucky's still dealing with some. Sure, shit, but I feel right? like you could have gotten around that and like I just I mean Falcon's not superhuman. He I just I don't But couldn't they do that other series with him where there was like the, he's called like the White Wolf or whatever with uh Winter Soldier? Yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. I and now my theory is that that Disney Plus series is actually titled Captain America and the Winter Soldier, right. not Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I think is a better title, a more enticing thing. Right. Um, just, I don't know. I've always kind of shat on the Falcon character. I've always thought he's kind of goofy. and He's um, fine when he's just like an agent, but yeah, when he's like wearing the... The wings the and wings, shit like yeah. that. And if they go the route of the comics, he still wears the Falcon suit, right? Because he's not super powered. So he's just got it painted red, white, and blue. Right. And uh and wielding the shield, but he still has the wings and he's and, and things like that. Which I'm like and I can see why they're like, Well, we'll make that a TV show and not a movie. I just don't know if you're gonna get if even if you call it Captain America, whatever, um, with him in the lead, I just don't think you get people to really care all that much the tv show makes more sense to me right and especially if you call the tv show captain america and the winter soldier which i think they will um so yeah and uh who else are we leaving i mean hawkeye goes back to his family yep right and we know that tv show's coming so whether that's him training his daughter or someone else um scott goes back to his yeah he's with his older daughter now and um and uh Janet, right? No, not Janet. Janet is Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, What's... Hope. Hope, 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 Hope. Yeah. Um, and then where... Is that everyone? I think so. And then the movie ends with Captain America having a dance. He finally gets his dance with Peggy but yeah. at her home, right? Or at their home together. Yeah. And it's a very uh, touching kind of end and it's just him dancing and, and with her and then, and then the credits roll and no post-credit scene. Um, so yeah, man, um, again, I thought like, I thought it was full of surprises and, and, and goes in ways both I expected and did not expect, or we ended up at a point that I kind of thought was going to happen. Like we knew we were going to get send offs for Captain America and it pretty much like all my theories of what was, like I said, Thor will probably survive because they're finally, realizing what that character should be and it seems like chris hemsworth's finally enjoying himself a lot not saying he didn't before 
Um, well, he said that he didn't before. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's kind of said like he didn't. He he was lost a bit as that character, right? You see, Chris Evans was the one where we knew he probably wasn't going to be back. But well, we he even said that he was kind of yeah. done after this, but, but we didn't know whether or not he was going to, to die. Or, yeah. yeah, and then um, so you have um, Steve Rogers alive, but elderly, um, and he got to live his life, which yeah. is which is nice with Peggy and and with the love of his life. We get Tony, um, no tease or anything on like if he'll, I think he's done, done. I don't think they bring him back as an AI or anything like that. I mean, you leave the door open for that, obviously, like just like he had those different thumb drives with all the different names on them as for different versions of Jarvis or whatever. Right. Um, I think the, the only thing we'll get him now in is probably like a what if. Doing a voiceover. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I'm not holding out for an AI or unless version. they do another time travel thing where they need to get Iron Man back for something specifically and he wants to come back. Right. And, or again, if they do another time jump where basically all the characters you've left don't age like humans, right? Other than Hawkeye. Who am I? And thinking? Scott. Scott. Yeah. Because any of the human characters, any of the human characters would age normally, but everyone like Thor and even Peter, well, I guess Peter's age normally, but you could say like, oh, much like in the Invincible comic that I was reading, it's like the older they get, the slower that they age. Yeah. Um, but I'd be curious to see what happens. So we know kind of where we're going next and sort of. I mean, we're... Well, we still that- have one more movie in Phase 3, which is the Spider-Man film, which will be interesting to see. Again, what I was talking about before, a post uh iron man mcu and what the fallout of that is and like maybe the idea of mysterio now is that every there there are so many people coming out of the woodwork to try to be the next iron man or the next you know person to sort of take that mantle on and you know with uh you know nick fury and maria hill and happy hogan looking after Peter sort of keeping an eye on him. Maybe they're kind of molding him to be the next Iron Man. Right. Him being that. Because he's like the tech kid, the smart kid, the just needs kind of some guidance. And I could see that because even in the comics, as Peter gets older, he does become more and more of an iron, like a Tony Stark kind of thing. Right. Like he has Parker Industries, I think. Yeah. And maybe Tony leaves stark industries to peter or something right in right. his will or something like that right like of when he becomes of age or something like that and i or maybe you start to see other like maybe that's how they introduce norman osborne or they need that or other, the fantastic four yeah they need that uh big figurehead of who takes the spot of tony stark not saying that uh pepper potts isn't capable but she might want to now just retire and live with her daughter right and, right like, not have to do all of this like so you could see stark industries either shutting down or maybe it says it goes to peter when he becomes of age or like you said you get either the fantastic four or norman osborne oscorp kind of come in to be the evil version of stark industries and, and and things like that so there there's a lot of things that they can play with and there's a lot of places they could go in the in like you said the post tony stark mcu right and then what we know officially is that um, in terms of casting and production, that Black Widow is going to be shooting Very this soon. summer in June, I believe, is when they want to start. And we've already heard a number of people being cast from Florence Pugh to Rachel Weisz, um, David Harbour. Um, so that will be one of the first probably in the Phase 4. 
um, then followed by the Eternals, which I think is going to probably be setting up a um, very distinct uh, cosmic uh, plot line moving forward. But what I do find interesting or what I think is worth mentioning is like, is it going to be another 10 years now until we get something that is on this level? And will, will or we will, make it 10 will years we even it? get that? Yeah. Like, will anything or will they be more singular with like some through lines or different franchises might tie into each other, but maybe they don't all tie into each other. Right. And will there be another Avengers or, movie? Or like, they tech? I think there will be. Uh, I think it'll take a little bit of time. I think you need to kind of let things organically build up again. Yeah. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if you see that female Avengers movie sooner rather than later. Right. Is Galactus um, going to be uh, our villain or are, are they going to hint at like, I mean, with the Eternals, they were, somebody was mentioning like both uh, Kurt Russell's character and Kate Blanchett being those God type characters that might have something to do with the, uh, they think the ego, MCU. Ego might be in there again. Yeah. Well. Or at least someone like that. Right. Well, ego is an eternal, I think, right? Right. And then, um, yeah, I'd be or the ramifications of them messing with time too, right? Like they might play into that a bit more in Doctor Strange or in the Eternals, like we mentioned earlier. Like, yeah, because we're gonna we're gonna get at least one more Doctor Strange movie, uh, another Black Panther film. We'll probably get a third Spider Man movie, a Captain Mar- another Captain Marvel film. So yeah, you got to think like. It's funny, though, that they don't even really set up Captain Marvel to be, like, the new leader like we thought she was going to be, right? Like, it does really seem like we have distinct areas of, like, she'll stay mostly cosmic. You have Thor and the Guardians that are going to be in the cosmic realm. And then um, you got uh, – you will get more Ant-Man, I'm sure. I mean, Right, Paul we'll Rudd's get not, one more maybe. Paul Rudd's not getting any younger but also staying very young. Right. <laughs> um yeah, like you said, Doctor Strange will be more Earth-based, but still kind of multi-dimensional. And then, and Scott Derrickson, um, who um, I think I mentioned this on one of the shows, posted a photo of Doctor Strange next to Namor, uh, right. and then had to delete it. So I wonder if Namor will be involved in that. Yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. And then, and then Moon Knight's been another character. I think you'll get more. In phase four and phase five of new characters. And, and I mean, I'm, I'll be curious of when they will talk about this stuff, right? Because right. we got it after Captain Marvel. We were like, oh, when are they going to talk about Endgame or if she's in Endgame and things like that? And they did it pretty quickly. So I'm wondering how much time they'll give people to kind of. We always estimated that it'll probably be D23 this summer. Right. Well, um, they need to let uh, the dust settle, right? Before um, going into that fourth phase. But I'm sure we'll get like a lineup that goes from you know, next year into 2020. Like we don't even know what the next one is, right? No, officially we don't. So what, like, I think they have something slotted for February, but what could that, what could possibly be done in time for February? Well, it'd probably be Black Widow, right? Cause yeah. that would be the most shoot in June. Yeah. So post-production would probably start in what? And it'll September, be October. I mean, it'll be smaller in scale like yeah. with air quotes. And like they compared it to more of like a casting Mission Impossible up the Eternals, movie. and then what was uh, Shang Chi is the other one, yeah, right? which are all casting and yeah. right now. So yeah, so we'll get that character as well. And in, in, so you think the those stage. are the we're supposed to get three of them next year? And I'm like, I guess those are probably the three, right? You probably get because those are the three that are casting and have directors right now, right? And I think with the merger, the Disney merger as well, we'll either get 
the Fantastic Four or some X-Men movie of some sort. But that would probably be closer to the end yeah. of Phase 4. Like, I could see them being like, oh, and we're doing, you know, we're bringing the X-Men into the MCU. But that will be like our 2024, 2025 Well, that'll be movie. like you said. Like, you know how they always have a big movie at the end of a phase, right? Yeah. Like, that could be it instead of an Avengers movie, right? Like, Which is kind of like an Avengers movie in a way. Uh, yeah, depending on... I mean, not so much Fantastic Four, but I guess X-Men. But, like, I'm very curious of how they'll integrate that. Because there's no hint of any of that in this movie. Uh, certain to no one's surprise. I mean, I didn't expect them to do that. And I, I like that they seem like they're going to take a little bit of breathing room. Um, I think they're going to focus on more singular or slightly connected stories. Like you might get guardians and Thor and captain Marvel, like the cosmic stuff kind of tying together. And maybe that's where they're going. It's not going to be so much earth based, right? Like it's a threat at more of a cosmic level than it is just to earth. Right. Yeah. I mean, although Thanos was more to the entire universe, but it was still based on earth's mightiest heroes, the Avengers. Right. So I think you probably get, them focusing more on a bigger gigantic universe and a co- on a cosmic scale more so than earth-based but i still think you need to ground it some way with with the avengers and the and the human characters that are left as well yeah um so yeah i mean as long as you get more korg and meek uh do you think they're in in guardians now or or they're gonna be in thor or i think you just combine those franchises to be honest although right, I or they'll see... get their own show on disney plus yeah you could see something like that. You could see, a, oh, God, a Corgan Meek show. Yes, please. Um, but, yeah, man, I thought it was a, a satisfying and uh, uh, creative end, and I'm excited to see where it goes. I don't know. Right. Do you, any other thoughts of where you see things going? I think it's going to be kind of like a bit of a fresh start. Like, I feel like this really is, like, you know, 22 movies. We've This is like a full arc, you know. And and now it's like, well, you know, there there will still be stuff to connect uh, the movies going on. But at the same time, I could see them being like, OK, well, now we got to figure out who is going to be our Tony Stark moving on. Right. And that might not be as e- like easy they might, as you yeah, mean, like yeah. it might be something where they kind of fall into somebody just becoming that character. Mm-hmm. You know, because, yeah, you have the again, I just I don't see. Anthony Mackie being able to do a Captain America movie by himself. And I don't think that's what people want. I think right. the, the Disney plus, the Disney plus thing is the most interesting right now. Right. Cause it seems like we know more confirmed about the shows that are on Disney plus, but how is WandaVision going to play into this? Like what time period is WandaVision going to take place in? Right. Or is it a split off thing where I don't know. Almost man, like, like a what if, but right. Like, Cause vision, like how much time passed between, I guess Age it would of Ultron be and Infinity War. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or Civil War, Civil War and Infinity War, which is only a couple years, right? Yeah. But I guess you can get enough story in a couple. He's years. He's hella dead. Oh. Yes, he's very dead. Um, and so- he's the only character, like in terms of like at the end that isn't really mourned for too much other than by Scarlet Witch. Like it's just like, Oh yeah. Well, vision's still, there's that nice moment between her and Hawkeye. Right. Right. But, but yeah, like it's kind of like, Oh yeah, he's, he's not coming back. They can't bring him back. Cause no. the, he never really got the, you know, like the stone was ripped out of his head. And then when they go back, I mean, they get the stone before he was integrated mm-hmm. with it, but maybe they play with that, I mean, now that they've introduced this time travel stuff, it's 
like you said, it's hard to get away from it, right? Yeah. So how can you, maybe that's how the series starts of like, she goes back to go live with him, right? And just do something else. People really love the Vision comic, I think written by Tom King which, uh, recently, which yeah. plays into the like family values of like Vision trying to be like a family man and stuff like that. And uh, I think that's where they could go with that. And then I think you'll get Captain America and the Winter Soldier as a Disney series retitled. Um, what other Disney series do we know of right now? Uh, well, we mentioned Loki. Oh, Loki, which either... Could... Oh, and Hawkeye as well. Yeah, and which is going to be training Kate Bishop, right? Yeah. Um, but maybe that's his daughter, or maybe it's a different character, right? So, yeah, man, it's cool. I thought it was great. I um, I can't believe we're here, and we've seen it, and we just spent an hour and 46 minutes dissecting everything. I don't think we missed anything. No. I think we pretty much went over everything. Yeah, in terms of um, the big moments. Yeah. I can't wait to see it again. See what I kind of... I'm going to see it in IMAX the second time, so that should be cool. We saw the regular avx version if people are curious but uh tweet at us let us know what you guys think i mean don't spoil anything online for people try to be try to be cool about it i like i hate people who want it like we're doing a spoiler cast but we're giving fair warning of everyone yeah and everything will be labeled so you know like even if you click on it by mistake like we'll say it in in the beginning of the review as we have and we we gave us gave you guys plenty of time and also uh, you know, we'll we'll title everything as what is spoiler and what is not. Yeah, shoot us a private message if you want to see. Uh, let us know where uh, where you guys think the MCU is going and what you guys thought of the movie because I'm really curious. I hope it. I hope everyone enjoys it, and I hope it was as satisfying for you as it was for me seeing the send offs to some of these characters that I really really care about. So um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm fascinated of where where we go from here, and there's so much investment in a lot of these characters that when you have to start fresh and and get people to care about characters as much as you cared about captain america and iron man um and even then i didn't think i cared about captain america as they continue to get on i cared more and more but right um, it became less of an obligation to kind of see these movies based on what it was leading up to but then you like the characters enough and i kind of think that the seeing them go from tonally from their own movies into a shared um universe into a shared uh team up it's 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 interesting to see how you know dynamics play and personalities shift and how they grow over time right so, well even seeing like professor hulk chatting with the ancient one right it's yeah. just like man where how far we've come from that first incredible hulk movie or like or some of the crazy shit, like there's that great line in the movie from Black Widow of being like, listen, I get emails from a raccoon now. Nothing you could possibly say is is weird enough. Like this whole thing is bizarre to everyone. And like, uh, I think that's, I, I remember the days, even reminiscing about me and you talking about, I mean, we started podcasting together, what we met in 2009. Yeah. Oh, well, no, we met in 2011. Eleven, yeah, because it was Drive. Sorry, Drive. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, and we started podcasting soon after. I remember uh, one of the first reviews I think we did was Winter Soldier, and then we I remember talking Guardians with you. Yeah, because when it was announced that it was a talking raccoon and tree, it was kind of yeah. like, really, this is gonna. This is where we are. Yeah. And I've gone through my own ups and downs with the, I mean, reminiscing before we wrap this up of just like my journey of of these movies, and I think I've. 
uh, I started off going, oh, these are cool. Like, I, I love superheroes. I read comics as a kid. I mean, I don't, I never really cared about Iron Man or Captain America. I, I always loved Spider-Man and Batman were my favorites as a kid. And, right. Um, uh, I remember obviously the Raimi movies, and I think we got to give a shout out to any other superhero movie that came before Iron Man, just because the it, Phantom, yeah, yeah. Steel, <laughs> uh, just leading into this and Spawn. having the building blocks to actually succeed at something like this, and they they took comic book storytelling and and made it accessible for a a, a modern and regular audience, and like we got to a point where. Yeah, it wasn't too crazy where it was a, a super rich guy who made a suit of armor and 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 wanted to fly. Well, it's basically around. Batman, and then, right? And then you started introducing uh, super soldiers and gods, and then you started getting even crazier with with space and and um, I mean, you, obviously, we have a lot to uh, owe to Star Wars and different things like that of why Guardians could be successful. But then you even in Doctor Strange introducing multiple realities and 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 all this stuff that if you tried to explain this to someone 10 years ago even they'd be like that sounds so fucking dumb like that right. what, what are you talking about like but they took the time um, to do it and you know their patience and let it build off. organically right like yeah. you didn't force it we talk so much shit about not to shit on dc even more but like or even look at the dark um, universe or yeah or any anyone who's tried to imitate this and some have done it moderately successful and, well even sony trying um, to do that a little bit with venom yeah so it's just uh it'll be often imitated but i don't think we're ever Never duplicated yeah i don't think you're gonna get anything quite like this and like the to get to a point where we're emotionally invested into a talking raccoon and that like if rocket died i'm like they better not kill that fucking talking raccoon and or a or a tree and vin diesel voicing a tree and and stuff like this did that you see him at the so... premiere that photo of him wearing like no. a, uh it looked like just like leaves nice. made into a coat bless him <laughs> bless his soul um yeah dude it's just in seeing like yeah the callbacks of red skull and someone that like i thought was a decent cool character but where that's gone and like again yeah we but can... not played by uh hugo Weaver. no no but a good imitation yeah um Sounds a lot like Werner Herzog. A hundred percent. And God, we're getting Werner Herzog in a Star Wars show soon, which is so cool. Um, just what a time to be alive. And like, again, they're just silly movies. And um, But I can't believe how much I was like emotionally invested into it. And uh, uh, at the end of the day, yeah, they're goofy. and they, um, But they mean a lot to a lot of people. And they mean a lot to me. And as a kid, I would have never dreamed of something like this. And a fan of movies, like... I just think it, it is like it's it's popcorn entertainment, but I think it, it is good storytelling. And as much as they've had lows, super low lows, they've had incredible highs. And I've even gone through superhero fatigue. I went through Marvel fatigue at one point. I remember when they just started doing this interconnected stuff when we when we saw Iron Man 2 and then the first Avengers movie and then... And just the rebooting um, of Spider-Man three yeah. times now. And, like, And I became exhausted with it, too. I, I remember Age of Ultron being that point where I almost tapped out, being like, I think I saw Age of Ultron with you. Yeah. We went to the AMC and Whippy, and I, me, you, and Mike saw Friday morning screening of it, I think. And I remember just being kind of underwhelmed and been like, you know what? I think they're just kind of doing the same thing over and over again, and it's not really my cup of tea. And like... 
Um, not that it was bad or anything. It was just like, ah, eh, I'm kind of bored with this stuff, but they, it's a testament to Kevin Feige and that whole team of being like, of reeling you back in and making you care again. And they started to evolve and they started to find their legs and they started to go, you know what? Let's be less protective over all of this. We still need to tell this one giant story. Um, but we need to let filmmakers make their movie and trust them and, and go, listen, guys, this is where we ultimately want to get. And you might have to get from A to B. But how do you get there is kind of up to you. And you can tell your own story, but just make sure you leave these elements there. And I think we started to see that with even when they brought the Russos in for Winter Soldier or um, when you started, like we're big fans of Iron Man 3. Right. And like. Um, I love John Favreau and I love the first Iron Man movie, the second one, not so much, but you let people come in and make their own films and make them their own. But then how that the tone shifted from being completely different from movie to movie and they started to kind of get away from that formula a little bit, um, but then ultimately coming back and coming back to that formula kind of works for this movie and things like that. And like, so they won me back, man, and I got way more invested over the last probably over phase three than I have before. Cause that's, I found, finally found like, Hey, these individual movies feel like their own thing and feel like they are connected, but you're letting people make a comedy or a thriller or like it, but they're still superhero movies, but um, it won me back. And after I rewatched them all last year and I ended up liking some of them even more after I've distanced myself from them, I'm like, totally a hundred percent all in. And, um, I've really come full circle on this and, uh, really even the bad ones can appreciate, like we talked about with Thor, the dark world, they went back there and they made us go, Hey, this wasn't for, this wasn't for nothing. <laughs> right. Like we'll make Thor, the dark world, uh, mean something. Um, well, be- even bringing William Hurt into like civil war from the incredible hulk like it's kind of shows their commitment to being like hey it wasn't a complete waste of time right um which i'm sure oh uh, i guess betty was betty ross was the only like i thought maybe Liv tyler might show up in one of these things since they were bringing back everyone but they kind of replaced her as the love interest with black widow which is the one thing in age of underdeveloped a little bit yeah and just felt awkward and like there was that period where it's like oh black widow is just gonna fall in love with everybody like right because she had those moments with cap cap in um winter soldier too yeah and she was kind of being and tony even in iron man 2 right yeah and like so you started to get all yeah so that yeah like even just the the inconsistent accents so like she had a Russian accent Scarlet in Iron Witch Man as well. too, and then it drops, and then also Elizabeth Olsen has. See, an I don't Eastern know European if that accent. is true though, because I went back and watched Iron Man two, and I don't think she does. She does, man. She totally does. I watched it recently. I'm gonna put it on after this and 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 flip to her scene. But I even like even from your end too. Like I've seen you kind of go through of like being fucking tired with this shit. I think and the then thing just I'm like, tired with is just origin stories like i understand that we we don't know like we we've seen batman and you know the batmans and the supermans of this world done over and over again we're very familiar with them and and they've permeated into pop culture but an origin story is an origin story you know like how does this person get their power or become this you know being yeah we've seen that even with captain marvel yeah and it feels like it's always when you're introducing a new character the first one of these movies has to be the origin story and i think when you get the origin story done again and again especially in that first phase you kind of get bored with it but then when they were starting 
to kind of go with the Guardians thing and reach beyond, you know, your typical format. They were actually, you know, experimenting with, you know, what they could call or the definition of a superhero movie of a comic book film. And it wasn't just, okay, this is how, you know, Peter Parker gets bitten by a radioactive spider. Uncle Ben has to die again. Uh, and and it was doing something more, and even the way that that you know Spider-Man: Homecoming plays into with that yeah. into that is perfect because it's like it finally understood that the audience gets it. We know this story, so we don't have to go into this again. And the villain stuff from early, like they struggled. I think they had a villain problem. Yeah, for the I still do time, think right? that they have a villain problem overall. Like I think for every Vulture or Killmonger, it's or Thanos or Thanos, yeah. Thanos, 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 Killmonger. Vulture and Loki are probably the top four, but that's four from like 22 <laughs> movies, right? Yeah, yeah. So like they still probably have to work on that as a whole, but um, yeah. And, and get away from that trope of the, if you're, if you're having an origin movie, your bad guy needs to be the exact same powers that you have or yeah. whatever, be a mirror image of you. Right. And I think that was their biggest issue for the longest time. It and, still is. I and mean, they're, look at and they're not going against Black Panther. Yeah, or, at least he's well-developed yeah. and he has a reason. And you kind of understand that, right? Where a lot of the villains are half-baked. And they, and they do fall into those superhero movie tropes a lot of the times. But, like, I just remember a time where you were just, like... It seemed like you were really, like, I don't care about these at all. But they started to even win you back a little bit into right. phase three and stuff like that. Yeah, Again, and I think part of it was the casting as well. Because, like, I really like... Not that they weren't casting, you know, names in, in the first round. But, like, when you get people like Robert Redford or Kurt Russell... And, I mean, a lot of them are collecting paychecks and doing it for their, their own kids. Because their kids... And their grandkids. Because they're, they're, they're growing up on these movies. But, um, like, it felt like, okay, well, at least we're getting, you know, these interesting people coming along. And I think I really turned when, you know, like... Michael Keaton did it, and I remember at, for the longest time that, and I made this this weird analogy where it was like, it would be like seeing one of your favorite Leaf players go on to the Habs or, or Boston or yeah, something or Boston, like that yeah. and feel like a complete betrayal. But it was perfect casting. Right, you're still happy for them in the end. Yeah, and Michael was, Keaton was yeah. great. And, no, he's great, and it's, I'm glad he's still around. And yeah. um, uh, we'll probably see, we're going to see him in Far From Home, right? Yeah, so. but it makes me also wonder. Like, I mean, I like Mysterio as a villain, but like. Is that going to be really goofy? Like, it can't be as bad as um, Abominable or Abomination and uh, uh, the Elves from Thor: The Dark World, which I think is like the worst. Truly, the bottom. <laughs> Ronan's not that good either. Like, yeah. they're like the bottom of the barrel villains. Um, but again, even any... with all of that, they still have succeeded, and they've Obadiah Stane. Donor. Oh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I love Jeff Bridges, but it's yeah. uh, it's not a great villain. Agreed. Um, I or think, even the Mandarin. I like what they did with that. But then they cop out with 3. that too. Yeah. Well, in I mean, you can ignore the the one shot, but like in Iron Man three, what they did was fantastic because they took a character. But some people disagree with you there and hate that, right? They right. want the Mandarin to be. But the the Mandarin was a racial horrible stereotype made in the 1960s and they undo that and poke fun at it in the perfect way and then undoing that is seems kind of silly now because he right. didn't even do anything with it no. he's an iron man villain and now iron man's gone so it's just like i don't know that one shot feels kind of but you can also but... still ignore that though oh you can yeah. or you can eh, it doesn't matter but 
Anyways, man, yeah, I'm ex- I'm exhausted, but in the best way. Same. Um, I had a blast talking to you about this, and um, um, I- I'm sure you guys will hear on this podcast whenever Disney does that big presentation of what Phase Four will be. Um, we already get teases of it. Phase Four looks like Disney Plus will be a huge part of that, and then we'll get Disney Plus seems like where they're going to ground it on Earth kind of thing, and then it seems like it's going to be very cosmic in the in well the loki though might be the one show that is a little out bit there. more out there yeah anyways guys uh thank you all for listening um eric and i also do another podcast called the untitled movie reviews which we alluded to at the beginning of the show uh you can go over there to check out our review of avengers endgame although spoiler free if, spoiler free although if you listen to all two plus hours of this um you probably don't need to listen to that but please share it with your friends or or uh, whatever you want to do. Um, please go subscribe over there. Uh, as always, this has been the Untitled Movie Podcast, where each and every week Eric and I get together uh, and talk about uh, what we've been watching and what's going on in Hollywood and new trailers and all that jazz. Uh, we'll be back with a regular episode uh, next week. Uh, you'll get everything that you missed from this week. You'll get talking trailers. You'll get staying at home. You'll get what we've been watching. And probably uh, previewing some of the stuff that's opening in the summer because yeah. we're getting to the... I mean, Avengers Endgame kicks off kick the off. summer movie season. So yeah, next episode you'll get a big summer preview from Eric and I as well as whatever we missed over the last week or so in news. Uh, thank you all for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed Avengers Endgame. Uh, Eric and I sure did. We love talking for the last two hours about it. Um, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work at untitledmoviepodcast.com and around the internets on social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on social media at em6211. And until next time, I don't know. I, I miss Tony already. Tone, tone. <laughs>